0: Hi, I am Amanda Cassa and welcome to the Financial Secrets Revealed podcast, where I have collected the wisdom from some amazing people around the world to understand better their money story. I have financial advisors, multi-million dollar corporate executives and those surviving on Centrelink, even running global charities. I hope you enjoy listening to the episodes as I speak with these incredible people about their stories. Hello and welcome to the Financial Secrets Revealed podcast season two where we are lifting the lid on financial abuse. I am Amanda Kassar and today I have laryngitis so I am a little croakier than normal but I'm glad to have most of my voice back after losing it for the week. I am joined by the beautiful Darlene Morant all the way from the most beautiful country. Belize. I had the opportunity to go cave tubing there one time. It was just magical. Welcome, Darlene.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you so much for joining us. Now, you're Belize via Florida and back to Belize again, I believe.
1: Yeah, yeah. I spent some time in New York too um, when I first left Belize, but the winters there were too brutal. So I ended up in Florida, which was one flight away from Belize.
0: (laughs) Not too tropical in New York City, is it? (laughs) No not. I think I left New York one year it was about the 10th of December and it was I got out the morning this blizzard was coming in and we would have been locked there for days so I got out in the nick of time so yeah I'm a subtropical girl too so I'm not used to the snow or anything. Now tell us a little bit about your background I understand you used to be a newborn coach but now you're coaching women so tell us about that little journey of yours there.
1: Well I started off um in accounting and finance, that was my background in school, and I worked for an accounting firm a while back and then i after I did that, I started having children and had you know got married so then I ventured into the newborn care space after I left being home with my babies and that took me um about a ten year journey there. I love newborns that's my my sweet spot. You know, I teach them how to eat and to feed and to sleep great. So I loved that. Um, And at the same time, I was coaching mothers as well. First-time parents didn't know what they were doing or some parents who thought they knew what they were doing but found out that, you know, babies don't sleep all night unless, you know, they're (laughs) trained to do so. So those kinds of things, you know, I love being um, in that space. But I felt the tug to do more and to do things a little differently because doing that meant I would be in home most of the time with the families versus doing something that keeps me at an entrepreneur um, position and helping from the outside. So now I'm a life empowerment coach and I just help women learn how to get to that haters be damned spot in their life. And that's been coming through my own journey.
0: So, haters be damned, that is a, a pretty cool and pretty strong. Title I absolutely love it, and I do know "damn" is a swear word in the US, where it's really not here. But how did you come up with this? Haters be damned, and tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Well, coaches need coaches, and in one of my um, group coaching um, sessions, we were talking about certain things that women go through and how we're told what we should do, what we could do, what you know, what we would have done. Instead of just being able to listen to our own voice, and that's when one day we were like, well, haters be damned because I'm doing it this way anyway, and then I'll figure out my own path. And so it kind of stuck, Yeah. and I created the group um, program for my um, clients to be able to teach them how to get to that place.
0: If we want to find out more about Haters Be Damned, where do, where do you look that up? Is it Facebook mostly, or...?
1: Well, I have a website, com. There's a website there where people can schedule to just have a conversation with me or to see what, you know, that program is about and who I am. So we can go there to com. And I'm also on um, Facebook at Darlene Morant. Um, I'm in a couple places. I try to use my name so that it comes with my face.
0: Yep. Perfect. What a beautiful face. Now, you haven't always had it easy. So for someone who had a background in accounting and finance, you've actually been through two bankruptcies. So can you tell us a little bit about your story? And I believe we'd probably call it self-financial abuse and what you did to yourself financially over the years. We often think of financial abuse as something that's done to us by somebody else but mm-hmm. we can also be pretty harsh on ourselves so can you share your story darling
1: sure um well I'm generally hard on myself as it is so that's you know an aside and having done that my parents didn't teach me much about money they taught me what they knew right and they would always say save your money you're gonna you're gonna need it later when you work you gotta put some money aside things like that but Once I got through that with my life with them and I took over my own finances, I just carried on doing whatever the heck I wanted. I took out student loans for school. I did, um, when I got my money, I would spend all of it and not save enough. I would, when I left one job and went to the other job, I would take my 401k, all of it. You know, just the things that were more young doing than age doing. I wasn't learning from my mistakes. And then I once I got to the States and got married, well, that came with its own financial challenges. We were never really set or never had the conversations that I guess would have garnered us to say, here's what we know we will not get into. Here's the things that we can do together. And so I ended up in my first um, bankruptcy. And that was a joint um, bankruptcy at the time. But then after that got cleared, I started to get another credit card again, started to get, you know, obviously didn't learn from that mistake. Cause you know, after you come out of a bankruptcy, they flood you with all the things that now you can get again that you didn't have, but that's not the way to do it.
0: No, I was just thinking what what you've just sort of triggered when you're talking about, you've gone into this partnership and you, you never had the conversations and to a degree that's pretty normal, isn't it? So You've totally skipped over what are our goals, and also how we're we going to manage our finances. You've ended up with four beautiful babies in the meantime, no yeah. clear financial plan or goals about anything. So, your story, you know, so people sit back and go, "Oh, that's a bit silly." But how many of us actually do that? How many of us sit down and go, "Right, let's interview each other for how we're going to do this right. for the for the rest of our lives?" You know, do do we want two children, four children, no children? um and how do we manage our finances who's going to be the breadwinner does someone stay home to be the caregiver and all of a sudden you end up as a double bankrupt in your marriage how yeah. how did was it just a joint spending thing you just didn't take any notice of what you were doing how did that joint bankruptcy come about
1: no we just we didn't know what we were doing but we were doing it right you're spending the money you need a vehicle you start having kids you need a vehicle so you get one and your credit's not really that shot yet, so you're allowed to get a vehicle. And then, you know, you have to have groceries, and everybody needs clothes, and starting for school, and all the things just kind of pile on. Um, at one point, my ex was working um three jobs to do what it is that would bring in money, and I was working from home doing um call assistant um services now because then I could be with the children. But then after that first bankruptcy got through, that all kind of stopped. He ended up deciding um, that we wanted to do another um, business that would keep him in commission base, but not necessarily quite doing enough to get through um, commission base to pay mortgage and do car notes and do all the things. So then you fall back into the same old patterns and it just didn't, didn't serve us at all. So the second time around, I decided that I needed a financial coach um, for myself, just by having one conversation with a friend that recommended a friend and said, okay, you're supposedly in the finance industry, but you're definitely not doing it. What do you do with your money? First, start by tracking your spending. And it turns out it was just like little things that just drain you. I was buying too much yarn because I love to knit and crochet you know, buying, goes into the nail salon, which I love to have my nails done, but we don't have money for nails. She just need groceries, you know? So after figuring that all out, starting to go through a plan and follow a plan and learn to get really good at, okay, these get paid first, these get paid second, here is your spending money. And then after you get really good at that, you could get more in this line item that is your spending money. And <laughs> So it became a discipline thing and discipline is part of some of the things that I lacked a lot um, in my finances when I was growing up and after I took over my own money. I just wasn't great with it at all. I wasn't a good steward. And some of my financial coaching also taught me how to be a better steward of the money that I have and the money that I get and who I get to serve with the money that I, you know, I come across.
0: Yeah. So a lot of the things you're talking about are basically financial services 101. Sit down and do your budget. What has to be paid first? So the people who are now doing the eye rolling going, oh, this is also basic. For you, it took you two bankruptcies to come back and go, I have to be disciplined. I love that you use that word. So a lot of us sort of, you know, discipline has this heavy authoritarian spanking kind of thing in our head. So was it for you that the discipline that was going to reap the rewards or you'd been through these two horrific self-abusive bankruptcies or was it, you know what, if I'm on top of this, the reward is greater for me because I've been disciplined? What what in the end was sort of the snap that you went, this has got to change?
1: By the time I got to the second um, bankruptcy, my relationship was a little bit um, rocky then too. And so... By the time I finished that bankruptcy, my ex-husband was saying, I want out of our marriage. I think so things were starting to go downhill in several areas, right? So at that point I really had to take take stock. You know, you sit down and you say, Okay, you're either gonna fall to the ground because that's what's happening, you're gonna go into a third bankruptcy because you're gonna be foreclosed on, your house is gonna be taken away. What's gonna happen now? Is this what you want for your children to see? When you did it first, they were, they were babies, but now they can understand that things are shifting in a certain way. Is this what you want? Is this the kind of legacy you want to leave? So I had to ask myself those hard questions and then make the choices. Having a financial coach wasn't free, right? I still, I had to pay for it, but in order to pay for it, then I had to figure out how my budget was going to work because this was going to change my life. This was going to change my children's lives. And from doing those little disciplinary things, I now no longer um, have debt. I I don't have a job at the moment because I have my business, which is the coaching business that I'm building. However, even though that has not turned into the income that I want for my children to see as a legacy, I don't have the baggage of the debt that I had before because of the discipline that I created in order to get out from under. It was...
0: Yeah. That must feel pretty cool that's as pretty well. That's pretty boring. It feels so good. Yes, <laughs> a, for an empowerment coach to be empowered, I think that's pretty important. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: yes,
0: I agree. So your parents obviously taught you some basic lessons around money for you to go into finance, which you totally ignored, as most of our children do. Are there tips now that you've been through the ringer, not looked out for yourself, Um What do you want them to learn about money and from your experiences?
1: I want them to learn that it's a tool. I want them to learn that it's a tool in your toolbox. It's not the tool. Because along with the things that you learn from, or share with your brothers and sisters, or give to the people um, that are less fortunate than you, those things help you in your money decisions as you're growing up. And if they see better habits from me, watch your habits. That's what I want them to learn. Watch your discipline. And discipline, like you said before, can be like a harsh word, but it doesn't need to be when we're talking about our money. Because now it's like if I get a dollar and I put aside 10 cents, that's 10 cents put away that I didn't have put away before versus spending the whole dollar and then saying, okay, now, now what? You know, so just to learn um, where the little disciplinary tips are as we grow. Um, And we can teach our children by our activity. We don't always have to teach them by what we say and say, do as I say, not as I do. And me making some huge shifts in my activity level and tracking my budget and being on top of things has helped us to really make a shift. For example, um, to give you something tangible, I had to plan my job. I got noticed, which somebody doesn't get noticed all the time. I knew it was going to be ending in April of this past year. So I was able to plan ahead of time for them spending five weeks with me, right? Because now I can handle a budget. So plan airline tickets, how we're going to spend our food money, where we're going to be going um, for activities, planning. And it teaches us that too.
0: Yeah. I, I like that when you were saying, you know, you were just... The, the part of the abuse on yourself was that you just were spending and they obviously you weren't get, you know going buying designer items. You've got four babies and a mortgage. You're you're paying for food, but you're also doing the discretionary spend. Like you said, your nails, they're important. They're important. But when you don't have it, those discretionary yeah. things have to go. And yeah. I think that's part of the discipline, isn't it? Because that's the stuff that hurts. Because we go off, oh, you know, that's part of who I am, and I deserve it, and I work really hard, and we justify mm-hmm. all these things to ourselves. Or, you know, I've I've had this big month, or I don't feel well, and I I want this thing, these impulsive spends. But when you see where that hole that they're digging you, that you know, ended up burying you in bankruptcy twice, you know, you've if you've got that goal, it's like you know what? If I don't get my nails done for six months and it's thirty dollars ago, whatever, that's that's you know, a few hundred dollars that I can put to something else. It's I think having that end goal in mind of whether it's getting out of debt or saving for the deposit or wanting to have the baby, like you said, now you, you can spend and go, right, I've got five weeks with my kids. How how cool that we can do all these things yeah. together, which is a beautiful goal. And, look, if it meant you didn't have to get your nails done for six months, what's what's the issue? Because, you know, suddenly you've got Disneyland ahead or whatever that that is. So I think sometimes, yeah, that that discipline we sort of think, oh, it's too hard. But what's the end goal? And if that's the big, bright, shiny object at the end, that makes it so much easier to work towards, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Having a plan towards a shiny object definitely is easier than scrummaging through and figuring out, oh, my nails look great, but we're not going to be able to do anything next week when it comes to hanging out or going to something specific that comes up for you guys. And forget any emergency. you have an emergency, you're done. My my emergencies literally took me out every time one came up. So and I'm talking about emergencies of a car tire. I'm not talking about emergency of children in the hospital. I'm talking about little yeah, things. The washing
0: machine doesn't the work. Cool.
1: Yeah. yeah. So changing the plan and um learning to be disciplined definitely changed the the whole mindscape, landscape of the trajectory of my life.
0: So I know you said a friend recommended the financial coach to you. Was it a big deal for you to go look, this is an investment I know I have to make to turn things around? Was it was it hard for you to go, look I I've got a background in finance. I should, you know, I I know what I'm doing. I can do this. Or was it like, you know what? Obviously I need the help and I want to invest in this coach. What was the your thought process when you when you took on the coach?
1: Obviously I needed the help. No, I did not want to invest in the help. I wasn't using the free tools, so I needed to invest in the help. I'm a finance, I have a finance background, yes, but I wasn't using the free tools. There are free budgets everywhere, right? There's Excel spreadsheets, there's all kinds of things, but if you're not implementing them and holding yourself accountable, they don't work. So I had to invest in someone saying, I'm calling you every week, or you're calling me every week. We have a group call that you need to get on as well that's going to have other people that are going through the same things you're going through, right? And no shame. Tell me all of the things that you thought were shameful for you so we can put those away because that's not what we're here for now. I needed that. I needed someone to hold my hand through this process because I, I wasn't doing it. I wasn't doing it alone. And I definitely wasn't doing it in my previous relationship. I just was not having any conversations about it. I wasn't doing any of the lists. I would make a budget one week, not make one next week. It was a chaotic um, cycle.
0: I think you've hit on the head there that it's that accountability, isn't it? So if you've got someone who you trust and you know that they're financial and have their act together, that's a really cool thing if you've got someone to rely on. But if you don't have that, paying for that accountability, I mean, we do it with personal trainers, don't we? We go to the gym. Like you said, coaches need coaches. Oh, I've been in business for 20-plus yeah. years. I still get coached, you know, because there's always something to learn. We, I don't think you ever get to the place where you're the smartest person in your room, and if you are, you're probably in the wrong room. So like you said, just
1: <laughs> yeah, getting that you person. you to that room. Yeah,
0: definitely. to be accountable too is, is, is a really, really big, big idea. Yeah.
1: And it wasn't the point-the-finger type accountability. It wasn't a point the finger type accountability. When I would have my meetings, um, I could actually say it's Justin um, Buonamo. He wasn't there saying, okay, darling, you really went over on this line item this week. Um, we got to take a look at that for next week. He would say, here's an area for opportunity, right? Beautiful and I I'd never forget that. Here's an area of opportunity. We needed to have spent $300 on this line item this week, but you're at $450. So next month, maybe let's try to get down to $300. Let's get closer to $350. And I understand, you know, because I needed the accountability to the point where there was a column on my budget that says comments. But because I didn't have the discipline before, I had to use that comments column to type in what I spent the money on. Because before you know it, it could have been ice cream with the children, ice cream for me. Well, I had like you said, I had a great day. I'm going out to dinner. And that miscellaneous line item that was my line item, it would pile up. So when I started to write it down and see, okay, you're like, come on, Dee. You didn't really need those two pints of ice cream this week. You know, your your hips didn't need it and your pocketbook <laughs> obviously couldn't support it. So accountability is huge.
0: So when you start this process, how confronting was that when you sat down for that first time to look at where you're at and where you wanted to go? What did that feel like?
1: Thank goodness for him because there were tears. (laughs) Did you cry? I cried. It was It It wasn't my best conversation by far. You know, I'm a professional woman. I want to be on top. I want to be able to um, put my best foot forward. But in this area, I was sucking. I mean, I was sucking wind. So he had to like take the range and be like, okay, lay it all out for me. Because we're going to put, like I said, we're going to put that aside. And we're going to start from a, a fresh, clean slate. But laying it out meant telling him, I ordered um, these $200 bags for my birthday. You know, I was going to be 40. I, you know, I thought I needed these bags. I don't use those bags. <laughs> When did they t- the charity It <laughs> <be? laughs> <laughs> meant telling him, um, I have this amount coming out of my account every week for um investment for the children. I have 200 dollars in my savings account um after I've been working 12, 15 years. It's it meant being completely vulnerable to someone that I had known for like 20 minutes. But because of how him as a professional, which I'm sure you too, handle, approach this topic, I was able to do that in a safe space and then start to heal from there. Because there's some healing that comes.
0: So when you're talking (laughs) about you've got the vulnerability, you've got the shame, probably some embarrassment about where you'd ended up at that stage, and then you're going on this journey, tears and all, was it then easy or was it then still fall off the wagon? How how did the journey play out? Was there still days where you're like, you know what, I do need that pint of ice cream um, and that sort of stuff. How did the journey unfold? How long did it take? What What was involved in that?
1: Well, the journey to the financial freedom that I'm attempting to build is ongoing. So I'm – I'm a recovering, terrible with money person. There has to be like some line, that. you know, it has to be a specific word or something, but it was, because um, money is forever, right? We're going to need it always. So I'm still recovering from the state that I had gotten myself in. And how do I continue to recover? I continue to track my budget.
0: You're recovering Even financial abuser.
1: <laughs> yes, I'm a recovering financial abuser.
0: And oh, this I have so. a t-shirt.
1: I'm going to yep. need a T-shirt. And I continue to have to do that to hold myself accountable because it's easy to to overspend when you have the money in the bank. And because my suddenly financial these
0: coach is saying, that he's saying yeah. you know, you need savings for savings for that. And you're like, oh, look, there's a few hundred dollars there.
1: <laughs> yeah. And my financial coach is saying we spend from our budget, not from our bank account and he'd have to remind me of that every session he's like Darlene, we spend from our budget not from our bank account and i'm like oh okay so <laughs> that, so that doesn't that, just not that extra that one? yeah that didn't <laughs> no that's not extra <laughs> but it's it's a continuous process so i'm still like i said um i'm still tracking a budget i'm still um managing line items which line items um can be something like The car insurance, the life insurance, you know, there's certain things that I need to maintain, medical for the children. Those types of things are line items on my budget. What's not on my budget is my nails for the month. That's in my miscellaneous, that teeny line item that I give myself. If it doesn't fit in there, then it can't get done this month. And that's part of the discipline now.
0: I love I love that analogy that you know you're the recovering addict. You're always going to be the addict, and you've always got to stay on track because you know the bright shiny things or the opportunities or those situations that pop up always will will distract us. So it's it's a beautiful yeah. example, actually. Of yeah, it's a constant journey. You don't ever win. There's no that's it. I'm, I've arrived. <laughs> Yay! The, no. the fireworks can go off now. <laughs> so yeah. It's and there are a ongoing. couple of
1: financial people that I've followed in the past that have this conversation that say they have arrived, their financial coaches are telling them you've sold 3 million copies of your book and you've done, you know, these things and you do have enough money to show up to target and have an entire shopping spree. But because of the discipline and the accountability that they built into getting away from the the trauma, they're like this still. And that's therapy in itself that, you know, that needs to be gone through. It's like, why why couldn't I have a signature orange wall in my house, which you can't see, but it's right in front of me. I sit for inspiration from this side because that's part of what was built into my recovery. Every time I look at it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not in any debt anymore, but this house is you know, a testimony of that. So every time I go to spend something, there's still that trigger that says, okay, is this a need or is this a want? because your hips can't handle this ice
0: cream I love it I, I used to have one client who when I first met them wasn't great and they'd end up bringing me going oh this brand I love Oriton's got a sale on I, I want to buy a tassel for my handbag and I'm like how much have you still got on that personal loan you want to get rid of? Like you don't need a tassel, seriously. As a as a reward, when you get rid of that personal loan, I will allow you to buy the tassel. Have all like, tassels. You know, yeah, have, have the tassel for your hair <laughs> So, yeah, it's, you know, those rewards. And the rewards, like you said, it can be painting your wall a certain colour. It doesn't have to be a financial or a, a physical thing. It can be, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, something inspirational. So minimal cost, but great impact.
1: Something symbolic, yeah. Yes. Lasting.
0: Yeah. I'm an experienced girl. Yeah. Doing, doing stuff instead of buying stuff. That's me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm so pleased that you've shared your story with us because even though financial abuse among partners isn't spoken of a lot, I think there's so much shame when we've done it to ourselves and we know that, you know, it's my own lack of responsibility or just going down the rabbit hole of life and not paying attention and being that ostrich with the head in the sand, you know, it it, it's, it doesn't go away. And to be brave enough to say, I need help, that's pretty cool. So thank you for sharing that with us, Darlene. I really appreciate it.
1: You're welcome. I'm, I used to think of myself as a brave person um, and now I know that I'm a brave person because some of the <laughs> things that I've gone through... And we all are. I think the less um, abuse that we put on ourselves for the things that we could have, would have, should have did. Is the stronger that we can be. And I'm learning that through new relationships. I'm learning that through new things that I do that. Yeah. Past mistakes don't make my
0: potential. Oh, they just add to our beautiful tapestry of who we become, don't they? I I heard that expression once that we should all over ourselves, and I, it's just stuck in my head that should do this, should should make that photo, should do the, you know. In the end, you're like, oh, stop shooting all over myself. It's it's such a, a great so thing to true. remember. It's, yeah, and it's we get a choice, isn't it? You know,
1: we do. And I wasn't I wasn't using my choices very well. I made a lot of um. I made a lot of poor choices. I mean, those choices led me to who I am now, but when we're really taking stock, they were poor choices, you know, and to look back on them without guilt or shame is where the growth is because I could say, oh, this choice and woe is me, but no, they were choices that I made. Yeah. At the time they were poor, but look at who I'm becoming. Look at where we are now.
0: I think that's it, isn't it? If we're not getting the lesson from it, they're they're just you know constantly poor choices. But if now we can go, I've actually learned and grown from that experience. Don't have to make those choices again. And if you're smart enough to learn from someone else's poor choices, you're even better off. <laughs> exactly, which
1: is why haters be damned exist. Exactly why <laughs> haters be damned exist. Because women can learn from my poor choices. You can definitely learn from the poor choices I made. I'm very transparent when I talk to the women that I work with. And they get to know that, hey, you're going to make big mistakes. You're going to make little mistakes. But they're yours to make. And you're fine. You know, hold space for them. That's what I said. Just hold space for them. And share with them a way out. A way to get rest. A way to get
0: through. Perfect. Yeah. Well, I will make sure that in the show notes there's uh, plenty of ways to get in touch with you, Darlene, for all those who want to join the Haters Be Damned tribe. So (laughs) thank you again so much for sharing. Really appreciate it.
1: You are so welcome.
0: And that was another episode of Financial Secrets Revealed. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you got some nuggets of wisdom out of that guest and enjoyed listening to their story. If you'd like to know more, please reach out to me. My contact details are in the show notes or hunt down your favourite bookstore to find financial secrets revealed and learn more for yourself. I look forward to hearing from you.